And then um, I chose it and I changed my name. And now it's the name of my business. It's an LLC. Like I have Sari. Legit. I have Sari to thank. Uh, for do I get a stake in any of that? Yeah, you get 10%. <laughs> that's, a, that's a large percent, yeah. Nina. <laughs> I'm just joking. Can I get that in writing? I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers. But we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. If you are new here, I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. And you heard that in the intro of our song, which is really funny. (laughs) I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We're just repeating it for you. Yeah, just to let you know. But I am a holistic health coach. I got my, well, I'm getting my certificate. I'm almost done with my certificate from IIN. And I am currently teaching choir full-time. I am a credit union marketer, so I do financial services marketing, and I am exploring bringing some holistic wellness to financial coaching as I start that endeavor, hopefully this spring. Yeah. So if you are joining us for the first time, we're so happy to have you here. The Wine and Shine podcast is just a space for us to gab about basically all the things that we love and And care about. Talk to people who we want to talk about Mm -hmm. or talk to. Like Sari. Yeah. Today is a very special episode because I am with my friend Sari from Michigan and she's here visiting Columbus today. And we've just been touring around the city, eating at all of the typical places like Zest Juice. Literally every juice bar in Columbus has been hit. (laughs) Every juice bar has been hit. Every coffee shop has almost been hit. Um, And yeah, it's been really fun just to have a fellow health coach here talking and brainstorming about our businesses and all of that wonderful stuff. But Sari, also, if you want to check her out on Instagram, you can find her at Eat Well Detroit. But she left her full-time job to go into her passion in health and wellness. And she is now a full-time food blogger, Instagrammer, and a health and nutrition coach. So we dive into a ton of different topics in this episode from... Western and Eastern medicine and how we can blend the two because her husband is actually in medical school. So she has a really wonderful and um, full perspective on how to blend both holistic healing and medicinal healing. Is that right? Medicinal? great. Yeah. As well as health shaming. So we talk a little bit about, um, you know, what it looks like to maybe be on the traditional diet train and how some of those perspectives differ from, you know, different ones and how we should just kind of do our own thing and love our own selves. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful conversation. So let's hop into the episode with Sari. All right, Wine and Shiners, we are here in the podcast studio today with my really good friend, Sari, who is from Michigan. Um, You guys might know her because... I tag her in lots of things. She's also known as Eat Well Detroit. And yeah, so she's been visiting Columbus today. I am, thankfully, I'm on spring break right now. I'm not. You are not. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I am. And loving it. And loving it. Spring break, I think of like spring break. Yeah, I know. And it is not like that outside. I know. And we are just in Ohio, but it was 55 degrees today. And the trees were blossoming a little bit. We and got so, some pictures with some pink trees. We Ooh. did. I had an eye for it. Yeah. Check out Nina's latest Instagram post. Yeah. Fun. With the pink tree. That's where it was in German Village. It was I was going to really, say, I feel really like pretty. I've seen some near me. Yeah. So they we, are near you. There. Um, but anyway, so yeah, she's here visiting for a couple of days. She's never been to Columbus, so we're just kind of toying around. But Sari, introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about you. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Sari. Um, not Siri. Not As sorry. A, not sorry. Not Siri. But spelled S-A-R-I. So a lot of people do say sorry. Yeah. Something I go through every single day. (laughs) It's a hard life being Sari. (laughs) You know what? My legal name is actually Sarah. Really? My birth certificate and my passport say Sarah. But my mom wanted me to be called Sari my whole life. But they wanted me. Didn't name you that. No. I still don't understand it to this day. So I have two names. 
So is it Sarah with an H or no H? It's Sarah with an H. Okay, so it's Sarah. Okay, because sometimes when you say it's short for Sarah, some people are like, Sarah is just four letters. Right. S-A-R-A. You know what? I've never thought of that. Yeah. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I say that a lot. I heard you say that. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> on our coaching circles, I think you're like, it's short for Sarah. And in my head, I was like, Sarah's only four letters. <laughs> oh my God, I've never thought of that. Wait, but this is out of like 28 years, I'm the first person to tell you that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. You can't say that anymore. Okay. Now you have to just say, my mom named me Sarah legally with an H. That's so long though. <laughs> Short for Sarah with an H. Short for, there you go. Short for Sarah with an H. Okay. So my name is Sari. Short for Sarah with an H. Right. Right. <laughs> I live in Michigan. I live just outside of Detroit, but you'll probably pick up on this multiple times in this episode. I am Canadian. I grew up in Toronto. Oh, fun. Yeah, and I lived there until I got married to my husband, Jacob, who is um, just shy of one year away from being a doctor. So he's in med school. It's a long road. We can talk about that. Mm -hmm. So I moved here, not here, I moved to Michigan in September 2016 when I was still working in advertising. So I worked in advertising for about four years, including a really big agency in Toronto called Leo Burnett. Mm -hmm. That was, like, fun. Like, that was, like, ad agency fun. So anybody who works in advertising, like, I feel you. It's a crazy life. Um, but I've always been, like, obsessed with health and wellness. I've always been so creative. And, you know, one thing led to another. I found a job in Michigan that I was miserable at. Wonderful people. Terrible politics. I was, like, another anxiety ad agency. Attack. Yes, another ad agency. Yeah. Like, Was it just not the right fit or was it? Are American ad agencies like Ooh. not not Ooh. as nice? Oh, good, good question. question. So it was it wasn't as crazy in terms of like hours, mm -hmm. but in terms of organization and just responsibilities, I was thrown into something that was far beyond my capability with no support. Mm. I think I've heard. No, I don't know. And Canada, I don't mean to be like Canada's not that different, but it's not like you know. Spain or anything. <laughs> but I've heard that like Americans work habits are very like extreme. Like we don't take nearly as much vacation as other people. Like we try to put way too many job duties on one person. Like yeah. kind of. So I don't know if you've seen that coming from Canada. Oh yeah. But In Canada, there's like almost every month of the year, there's a statutory holiday that really? everybody has a three-day weekend. Mm. Well, see you guys. I'm moving to Canada. Not got, everybody should move to Canada, <laughs> except I don't live there anymore. I'm sad. Do you me. miss Canada? You know what? I miss, I do miss Canada. I miss Toronto a lot. It's an amazing city. And my family and every, all my, you know, original friends are from there. But I go back all the time. It's a four-hour drive. Mm -hmm. And I did not think this, but I love how low-key Michigan in the Midwest is. Yeah. Like, I feel like a breath of fresh air in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, okay. So what, what is different then, I guess, about the Midwest? Because I actually hear that a lot and that people will say, this is very Midwestern, you know? And people- But we don't think it is because we're from here. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but I also feel like when you are in the Midwest, you recognize people from the Midwest. You're like, oh, you That's must, true. you must be from- my area. It's just more like family oriented and community and more like slow, simple pay pace of life. Yeah. Like the first thing I was obsessed about when I moved to Michigan was like there was parking places. You know what I mean? Like Toronto is just so expensive. There's net, you can, it's just, it's like Chicago. Yeah. So yeah. it's a very hustle and bustle city and it moves really, really fast. So living in Detroit area, especially because Detroit is like up and coming and there's lots of cool stuff going on has been the biggest breath of fresh air and everyone wants to meet new people. It's awesome. So that's like what I love about it. Oh, yeah, I love that. Do you notice any similarities between Detroit and Columbus now that you've been here for a couple of days? Are they yeah. really different? Columbus is definitely more established. But I mean, for example, across the street of where we're recording, there is an abandoned, like half blown out building. Yeah. That's like everywhere in Detroit. Mm -hmm. But it's just, that's it's just not the norm here. Yeah. I mean, it exists, but it's not like... That's just part of the city yeah. in Detroit. So anyways, I moved and that job didn't work out. So I left exactly a year ago, was interviewing for other things, didn't resonate with anything I was interviewing for and decided to sign up for the Institute of Integrated Nutrition, which is how I met Nina. Yeah, because <laughs> we signed up at the exact same time. The so we enrolled in the same month. 
which was last May, right? Yeah. Or so April. We're almost done. Yeah, we are almost done. We're in our last little assignment, which is coaching circles. Then yeah. once we're done with that, we're done. Yeah, we're done, which is crazy. But we, you were supposed to kind of find somebody to be your accountability coach throughout the whole certificate. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I reached out to you or you reached out to me. I think I, I reached think, out to you. So I started Eat Well Detroit on Instagram just like for fun and it's evolved a lot. And now like it is a platform that I make money and it's probably half of my job and really how I've formed a brand and gotten myself out there for, you know, health and nutrition coaching. Yeah. But I think you reached out to me on the Wine and Shine podcast Instagram. Did I? Oh, probably because I wasn't using mine yet. <laughs> because yeah. you. Sari was the one that inspired me to start Nourished with Nina. So, yes, yes. Yeah, so when we met, well, okay, so back up a little bit. I think, okay, I messaged you there. And then I was like, oh, wow, we're both an IAN. Like, and then you said, why don't we be accountability partners? And we ended up just clicking really well. And Skyping once in a while. Yeah, and then you were like, come visit me in Michigan. And it was like a couple months after we had met. And I remember my mom. Wait, a couple months after we started virtually knowing each other. Yeah, exactly. We had never yeah. met. <laughs> yeah. Your mom's like, you're going to get murdered. No, oh, I just— My, my husband, mo- Jacob, was like— And he's like super chill. Like So chill. Like, if he wasn't going to be a doctor, he would be like a music producer, yes. like just jamming out with people. He was like, I'll give you one chance to invite a rando from the internet over to our home. Yeah. And I was That's like, me. okay. <laughs> and it worked out. <laughs> um, And I just told Cody, because Cody's all about— picking up and going places. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you want to come to visit my friend, Sari, in Michigan? And he's like, who's Sari? I was like, just a friend I met on Instagram like a month <laughs> ago. Um, and we went. And I feel like it was just like me, you, and Jacob, and Cody had known each other forever. Yeah, it, it, was it was so awesome. easy. And yeah, so when I was on that trip is when I had started talking to her about how I really want to make health and wellness like my life and I'm really passionate about it. And she's like, well, you need to start your Instagram. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, should I change my name? I'm, I'm not big into the Instagram. And she's like, yeah, like what about Nourished with Nina? And, and it was available. And it was available. You like <laughs> looked it up. You're like, I'm looking this up for you right now. And then um, I chose it and I changed my name and now it's the name of my business. It's an LLC. Like I have Sari. It's legit. I have Sari to thank. Uh, for do I get a stake in any of that? Yeah, you get 10%. <laughs> that's, a, that's a large percent, yeah. Nina. <laughs> I'm just joking. Can I get that in writing? <laughs> yeah. You can get all of my gratitude oh, for coming 100% up with it. 100% of your gratitude. <laughs> you can get 100%. 100% gratitude. And 0.1% of the monetary income that Nourished with Nina will eventually make. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, Yeah. Okay, cool. So everybody knows now you are a health coach and you've gone into health coaching. Talk to them a little bit about, so I think a lot of times people don't understand that the Instagram world is, I mean, it's a job in, in and of itself. And can you talk a little bit about what you do? Because I know if somebody goes to your page and they see all these beautiful photos, there's like a whole backstory to to what you're running there. So can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background in advertising for four years and working with clients really was, it really gave me a kickstart in understanding how all this stuff worked because I did it professionally. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I'm just creating beautiful photos, which is fun for me. Like I love it. I'm cooking amazing food. And sometimes it's for a brand that pays me and that I work with them as a partner. And sometimes it's just for me. But it all goes towards building the Eat Well Detroit brand Mm -hmm. and what I stand for, which is just healthy, nourishing food, not too many restrictions, and just being a happy, positive person. Mm -hmm. And that's what you'll find on Eat Well Detroit. Yeah. And I love also that everything that you post, I mean, you are, you're clearly so passionate about all of it and you use, I mean, you use everything that you post. You're like, this is delicious. This is why I love it. And the meals are beautiful and tasty. That's something I want to get into because I feel like it's just an art in and of itself. It's like cooking. I need Mm -hmm. to get more into the creative art of cooking. Like your husband. Well, he's the, well, you probably are like this too. He's like, he got mad at me the other day because I was like, you need to, we were following a recipe. And I was like, we well, need to put in a cup of this and a little bit of that. And he's like, stop giving me measurements. Like, I'll just figure it out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it drives me nuts. Like, mm-hmm. I have to know exactly, like, how much. My question to you is this. Because yeah. I have this, I've wondered this for a long time. So remember, I sent you, was the cookie dough recipe that I. The chickpea cookie dough. That I eat. Like every day. Um, <laughs> I've actually never tried that. 
I, but I have oh, seen it. I have it on my to-do list to try some chickpea cookie dough this well, week. Well, I would have given you guys some blondies today if I hadn't uh, eaten all of them before you I came here. You gotta devour <laughs> okay. those while they're we there. Had a, we had donuts today. And it was sweet. Yeah. Superfood donuts. So my question is, like, I sent you that recipe and you're like, oh my God, did you make this up yourself? And I was like, oh no, I got it from this recipe. Like, and you were like, oh, because you were, I think you were going to like post it if I had just created this cookie dough recipe by myself for yeah. my brain. So how do you create recipes but not steal them? It seems really hard to not steal them from other people. Mm. That's actually something that's talked about a lot in the blogger community. Yeah, I'd and say. I've been and, thinking it too. And I do create recipes for myself, but they had to have come from somewhere. So yeah, maybe I made someone else's banana bread and I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch up this flour or switch up the measurement of this or try putting like matcha powder in and see like what happens. So that's why it's called recipe testing. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to gluten-free, vegan, there's only a certain amount of ingredients that you can use. And not everything I do is gluten-free and vegan. But you just have to try things. And yeah, my recipes, I don't know if anybody can really copyright a recipe. Can yeah, you? I was say, can yeah. someone like, come back and be like, that's my cookie dough? Like, yeah. no. It seems like a hard thing to be able to do. Yeah, especially because, like, usually in food blogs, they have, like, this whole backstory about how you— So I can imagine, like, if you took someone's story about how the cookie dough was made, maybe, and, mm -hmm. like, ripped it off, like, in terms of, like, you know, I was looking for this option, and my husband said— Like, if you verbatim stole their little blog story— but I don't feel like you can steal a recipe. I've been concerned about that too because I've been experimenting with baking. And that's the thing. I'm not very good at experimenting with cooking, but I love baking. I think it's so much fun. And I was like, well, but when you're cooking and baking, and like you said, I do gluten-free, it's like there's only so many different options you have. And then when you're doing like... Um, coconut flour, it's like you have to use so much oil to make sure that it's like you just, it's like you have to have a certain amount of things. Yeah. And so there's only so many ways you can mix and match. Like I definitely come up with my own recipes, but I think it comes from things I've learned from other people's recipes. Yeah, totally. Like, and if I post someone's verbatim on my blog, which I don't always do, and I would say this is adapted from X person. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Adapted from, I like that. Yeah. Which… Adapted. Yeah, that's yeah, I've always wondered. I was like, it seems like there aren't enough recipes for every single blogger or cook or whoever to like totally make up their own thing. Mm -hmm. That seemed very hard to process. So. Yeah, no, I definitely see how that's confusing. So was it hard for you to go from working in the corporate setting to all of a sudden being in charge of your entire schedule and just diving full force into the wellness scene? Well, I didn't, it didn't exactly happen like that because I, I quit my job in the hopes of finding another job along the same lines. And yeah. I was at the management level. I had, even though I was only in the business for four years, I had moved up pretty quick. Like I was good at my job, but I was anxious as shit. Like, yeah. I, let me tell you, I was like, if I got it's an, an anxiety, I mean, oh my God, industry is. When I got an email, I had like a heart attack. I'm not even kidding. It, it was, it was hard. And especially when I didn't have a superior in the second job that I felt was properly supervising me that mm -hmm. I knew that knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. So waking up and slowly falling into this wellness thing one day, it was, I think I had started working for, a, I had gotten a couple sponsors. I had gotten a couple things on Instagram and I was like, hmm, maybe I can sort of do this. So mm -hmm. when I decided I was going to hardcore do this. And I signed up for a second nutrition program also, which we can talk about. I was like, I'm going to give myself a year and see if I can build something because I've always been obsessed with this. I want to live my dream and live my truth. Why would I not I give a shot? That. What's the worst that can happen? Girl. <laughs> no, Nina, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> you nah. fail? Okay. Yeah. You yeah. learned something. Right. It's so true. I mean, you're right. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Regret. Like, okay. So what? That's how we live. That's how we learn. You regret it? Fine. You go back. But Nothing, if you no one took that it, away you can't really me. regret it because like yeah. something came. Yeah. Well, and you know what I feel? So I also feel good in like the fact that you just go, I was really good at my job. Yeah. That's something that I struggle with too. And this goes for anybody. So this isn't just for people that like want to change jobs or whatever. It's like when you're really good at something, but you have passions, sometimes I feel like we are programmed to be like, oh, I can only do what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm good at music. I'm good at teaching music and I'm good at singing and I'm good at playing piano and I've been good at those things since I was five. 
So that's my life, right? That's what I need to do. But then when you have start developing other passions like wellness for me and baking and getting into like podcasting and things like that, I, I, it's like this sense of like cutting the cord between what you did before and moving to something new. And I think that can be really hard for people in general, or even if you just want to do a passion project on the side, it's like, well, why am I doing this? Or do I have time to do this? Or should I dive into my creativity? And I think learning to live a creative life can be a challenge. And you know what? If I never moved to Detroit, this would never have happened. Because I grew up in Toronto where every single person, at least in my community, pretty much went to the same one or two colleges. Mm -hmm. Then everybody moved back to Toronto and worked in a job, like, or went to grad school or whatnot. And then... I was never outside of my comfort zone until I had to move to a different country. And How maybe was that? That was like, really hard. Totally re- don't register that Canada is a different country. It totally is. Like, you guys, side note, must go to Toronto. Like, it's awesome. I, I have wanted to go for a long time. It's and amazing. I, I want to go to, um, I think I want to go to Vancouver. It, no, it's, it's not Montreal. Banff. Someone told me to go to, it's like Montreal, but it's not as big. But it's also French speaking. Ottawa? Maybe that was it. So unless you want to live in like super cold weather, there's only a couple. Just (laughs) like vacation or like go hang out there. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not moving moving anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might be, but we don't know how that's going yet. So I, I, you know, I went to college. I studied advertising, media, studies, writing, went to grad school for advertising business, got an internship, got a job, never questioned it. Sounds 100% like my life. Yeah. Like graduated high school, went to Otterbein, got a music ed degree, immediately got the job that I've been at for seven years in teaching middle school choir, which is what I wanted to do. Yep. And never had questioned it. I think it's, I think we just hop from one checklist to, when you're that young and you're not firm enough in yourself to think bigger. Yes. You just hop from checkbox to checkbox to checkbox without asking why at any point. Because, and especially when you have, you know, your parents love and protect you. The people that are in your life guiding you, be their parents or mentors, they're guiding you to fit in those checkboxes because that's the safe, established way that everyone has gone before. And I think in our, in this generation that's able to completely build lives on the internet if they want, like completely build it. I mean, that's just something so foreign foreign to other people, I Mm -hmm. think. It can be hard to steer someone in that direction because it seems risky. Right. So- Never, I remember going on a walk with, at the time, the girl that worked under me at my job in Michigan. And I asked her, what would your dream job be? And she was like, I don't know. What was yours? And I would be like, having my own nutrition practice and food blogging. And a year later, I was doing it. Yeah. But I never thought I could. I never felt, I never gave myself permission to take the next step because I had never done anything like that before. I was like, that's awesome, but I can't do that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then all these things happened in my life, you know, put me through a really tough time, but brought me to the point where I was like, I'm going to try this. Like, what is going to happen that's bad? I can still go back to working a corporate job if I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm 28 years old. I'm, I have competent skills. I'm giving this a shot. Mm-hmm. And it's working. I, so, yeah, I just, I, I love that so much. And again, that goes for just going for any passion. Like, yeah. what is it that holds you back? Sorry, I just noticed your shoes are off. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I made me to walk literally five miles in heels and I'm wearing Uggs. And um, I'm super you comfortable. Made, you made me walk. So uh, all of our listeners from Columbus will, would know and appreciate this. I just moved to Italian Village. So I'm very, very familiar with short North area, Italian Village. Why were you guys in German Village? Because I just wanted to show her German Village. Because oh, okay. she's never been to German <laughs> Village. So it's like, okay, we've been through, you know short north and all of that. Mm. But I was like, I'm going to be honest, Sari. I was like, I've never really toured around German Village. So I know a couple places. So we took an Uber to Stump. No, we took an Uber to Alchemy, which everybody knows Alchemy. You have to go to Alchemy. And then we walked just 
five, like five miles around German Village because I didn't know where to go. I was like, oh, we could go to this place, which is also three blocks away from this other place, which is also <laughs> 10 blocks away from this place. And Nina place. felt so bad, but little does she know that my favorite thing to do in a new city is like walk in neighborhoods, look at the houses, get coffee, like notice the flowers. Like I can yeah. be a space cadet, but I love it. Yeah. And she you were felt like, so bad. I was like, this is awesome. I was like, <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm so sorry that we're just walking around the streets of German village with no destination. Were you using um, your maps at least? Yeah. Okay. But good. I you was actually like leading us. I have a yeah, weirdly amazing us. sense of direction. Thank you to my father. Yeah. Did you walk by the apartment? You were oh, like right by. 100% walked by your apartment. Cute place. Yeah. I wanted to take her in really bad. A part of me was like, I kind of just want to oh, knock on. Oh, you should have, but I wasn't going to be there. Oh yeah. Cause, oh yeah, was you're right. Amanda's today. Um, sorry. Sorry to throw this all off. I just, I'm looking, recording, looking down. There's Sari and I with our shoes on and just a little, <laughs> little barefoot there. <laughs> the little barefoot that And then it Amanda is. had this, or not Amanda. Oh my God. Words. <laughs> Nina had this great point and I'm like laughing at you're her like, foot. You're not wearing shoes. <laughs> so I do have a question. Yeah. So how do you recommend, so obviously, and Nina and I've talked about this a lot. Like we talk a lot about people who have realized they had a passion, quit the corporate life, like did that full time. How would you recommend, because obviously you've been able to be very successful with what you do, largely because you have a lot of time to dedicate to it when that's like your exactly. sole focus. So how can someone asking for a friend that's not yeah. looking to quit their full-time job, but like get an established side thing, like how— how can you bring that same level of focus and care and attention and level of detail to something you're not doing all the time? Or would you recommend? So I didn't do that. But I think that when it, that's, that can be answered through time management. So mm -hmm. time management and also like mental, com like compartmentalizing things. Mm -hmm. So if your day job is not your complete obsession, but it's unrealistic for you to quit and go off on your own, which it's unrealistic for a lot of people. And maybe they need to do that side hustle for a little until they feel comfortable. In my situation, I left a job, was planning to another one. And then one thing led to another where I was like, I'm going to start my own business and I'll give it a year. Mm -hmm. So I'm still in that year. But I think just time management is really key. You know, Saturday, you might have to take, if you're a want, you know, an aspiring food photographer, you might have to spend Saturday taking photos for the week. And I know a lot of people like on Instagram and other bloggers do that who still have their full-time job. Mm -hmm. And it's just about time management. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, Liz, we almost do that now. Really? Except that you have a project brewing. I do. And are we forever just going to talk about my project brewing? It'll come to fruition one day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it will. Like, what? what's holding—I feel like I'm going to question you now, Stop Liz. <laughs> what's holding you back from starting your passion project? Um, I feel like until I am an expert, I can't put anything out into the universe. I— And I feel like I want—so in my case, like— I, this is what my fear brain was talking the other day. So maybe that you can shed some light on it. Okay. Freaking hate it. So you, I feel like your story, like your Nina's like, story. Nina's story oh, okay. is like, I was anxious. I had all this anxiety. I knew there was a better way. I turned to food. I looked into holistic nutrition. It changed my life. Now I'm a lot better. My story is like, so I th think, you know, maybe that I'm looking at doing like financial coaching. So like bringing that same level, basically what Nina does for health coaching, but for people that like have established money goals that like right. a financial planner, I, mean, I don't want to like be like, invest your assets and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't care about, your, I don't care about your 401k. I mean, that's not true. I do care about your 401k, but I think that there's a level of wellness that people aren't talking about with their money. Yeah. And a lot of the same, like binging patterns that you see with food, like restricting and binging also happens with money because the way you do one thing is kind of how you do everything. So that's what I want to do. But I don't have like a, I had $100,000 in debt between me and my husband going to school and being done with credit cards. And then we pay them all off in two years through this plan. Why do you think you have to have that? Because start, then you're not credible. But here's the deal. Here's start. what I- Exactly. Don't don't say you're something that you're not. Like I'm not going around telling people I'm a dietitian. That's what I was just gonna say. I'm Sarah. not a dietitian. 
you know, I'm in the IIN program. So I'm a you know, health coach. I'm also taking another functional nutrition program so that I have more, you know, background that I can speak to. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going around pretending to be a dietitian. So don't go around pretending to be a financial planner. Just be, your brand is you. What you have to offer is your knowledge. Who so you're consulting. you this and advice? Guys. You did on Saturday. But I thought <laughs> Sari's… Sari could give me. Sometimes you just need to hear it from someone advice. else. I know. Um, I need to, and I'm not sorry to like pick on you because I have no, I cannot say anything because I have to hear the same piece of advice from like 20 plus people to, yeah. to let it sink in yeah. before I, but me and Sari were just talking about this today about if you're a decisive person or an indecisive person and you, Sari, are very much a decisive person. I get that vibe. Um, and I, I love planned my that. wedding so fast. I one love florist, that about you. one band, one venue. I was like, done, done, done. I tried on three wedding dresses. Oh my God. I was just like, I love it. This is my vibe. I'm done. Like, I like to check things off the list. So sometimes that makes me impulsive. But I, I, I like to check things off the list. Mm-hmm. That way sometimes. You think you're a decisive person? Yeah. I'm an incredibly, incredibly indecisive person to a fault. And I'm… It's with everything. Like with, like if you were to go shopping with me, I would be that person that tries on three different shirts and then is like, oh, I don't know. Mm, do oh, I want see, this? I walk in, oh, but grab something, fine. don't try it on, know I like it, know it's going to fit and leave. Yeah. And I'm like, no, oh, I walk in, buy seven things because I get shopping happy. Maybe I need you as a financial planner. Maybe. Oh, yeah. sorry. Coach. Not a financial planner. <laughs> financial coach. Yeah. Yeah, I get shopping happy, but I'm working on it. So do you think that you are an indecisive person when it comes to starting this new adventure? I think I'm indecisive when I don't feel confident about Mm. things. Mm -hmm. Like something like a shirt. I'm like, I'm confident that I like that shirt. (laughs) I'm confident that I like that band for my wedding. I would have, I was very similar to that when I planned my wedding. I knew what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, What helps you be decisive? Yeah. Tell us. About Do you think it's just like ingrained in you? That's just who yeah. you are? Or have you had to work on it? Or is that just like natural? I've always been decisive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like, I just like want it. it and I try my best to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I So the thing with me on the flip side is once I commit to something, it's like I'm going to do it. Like there, if I commit to something, it's like, boom, it's going to happen. But the leading up to the commitment is months and months of maybe not months, maybe sometimes minutes if it's like buying a shirt of just like, (laughs) (laughs) she's been in the store for three months, (laughs) deciding on one dress. But it's just, yeah, a very anxious time in my life. But Liz, you're gonna, you're gonna rock it. And I can't wait for you to just get it up and running. Thanks. But we're not talking about me. We're talking about Ewell Detroit. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, So tell me about your, like, the philosophy behind your blog, like a little more. So I guess it comes from my, how I've seen nourishing your body through good food has helped my entire well-being. And that's what I want to bring to the table for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So as a health and nutrition coach, I personalize things for people. What is your version of living a nourished life? Is it needing a more, you know, a more focused meal plan? You don't know anything about how to eat healthy Or you know a little bit about eating healthy, but you just need someone to be accountable to you. No one client or person that I work with is the same. So how does living a nourished life mentally and physically mean for someone else? That's where I'm helping them. But when it comes to me and my brand, Ewell Detroit is Sari. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. me. Like, it's a peppy, bright, positive person who, I hate to say it, could be basic and loves— I'm not kidding. I don't care. We're basic. I love that you own it. You're like, yeah. I love avocado toast with poached eggs. Yeah, me too. And if you don't, if you don't want to post that because you think you're being basic, who cares? It's basic plus my personality. Yeah. It's Sari. That's me. Eat well, Detroit is me. Yeah, I can't. I can't explain it any other way. Well, and I love that you say that because sometimes there's wellness is very trendy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very trendy, and people are much. You know, I'm going. I have my yoga pants on. I'm going to go to a yoga class or whatever. But what if you actually love that, you know, and you want to just share your life in doing that? I also had avocado toast today and loved it and took a story about it. And I'm just sharing those parts of my life. And it's funny because it's hard when wellness is so trendy that you almost feel bad portraying what you actually love to do. 
Yeah, but I'm trying not to feel bad about anything. Like, yeah, if you, you don't. don't vibe with me or you don't like what I post or talk about or my energy, don't follow me. Yeah. You know? Okay, so a little bit more about my philosophy and I guess my journey with healthy eating. In college, I literally went to Tim Hortons. If you are Canadian, know what that is. We have them here. We have them. Well, they have them in Michigan, but it's a Canadian thing. Yeah. Oh, I used yeah. to go to Tim Hortons and get… A double-double. So that's double cream, yes. double Splenda, which is even worse. I used, I used, I used to, to get have, a triple-triple. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. I've never heard of these oh, double-doubles or triple-triples. Before my double-double, I would be hungover and roll to my fridge. And if my roommate from college is listening, I had a Diet Coke. I was a Diet Coke fiend. Then I'd have my double-double. Then I would go and get a massive bagel with more cream cheese than anyone should ever put in their mouth at one time. Mm. Then… I would drink the night away as all college students do. Yes. It's fun. Then at 1 a.m., I would have fries, cheese fries, Greek oh, fries, yeah. pizza. You got ready. cheese curds up there, right? Oh, yeah. Poutine. So in college, I got into working out, but I did not understand anything about food. Like my philosophy was still like calories in, calories out. Yeah. I would get a salad and literally put one cup of feta cheese on it. I was a che- It was cheese. Mm-hmm. It was not a salad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. And then when I went into grad school, I guess I just started to get more interested. I remember that's when, you know, Instagram came out more. So this was 2012, 2013. I remember starting to follow, you know, bloggers like Joyous Health and Angela Lydon. Oh, she glows. And I was like, and I started to learn about it. Yeah. And then I started to do more research and I started to eat healthier. And I was obsessed with it in you know, I was never diagnosed with anything, but I was obsessed with it. Like if I didn't eat something healthy, I would feel guilty mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And I would be thinking about my day as a whiteboard and thinking about what I ate written on this whiteboard. And can I give it check marks? Like I yeah. still like check marks, but I thought of it as such a plus and minus. I thought of it as such a measurement. Were you trying to lose weight or just like almost, I don't want to label like orthorexia because that's like but like you know like just like I need to be eating all healthy things all the time yeah I think I developed a fear a little bit of unhealthy food because Mm -hmm. I had gained a lot of weight in college and then I had lost it and not a lot look I've always been healthy I've always been a healthy weight I've never really struggled with weight that much but in my mind I didn't think I was beautiful Mm -hmm. and I you know even until a couple years ago I had trouble with that I didn't think I was beautiful I didn't see myself the way other people saw me yeah, And I always, I felt that way for a long time. And only really in the past couple of years have I started to develop a confidence that I didn't have before. Even mm-hmm. if you looked at me and I was in ex-sorority and I was quote unquote popular, I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so a way for me to kind of make myself feel like I was going in the right direction was eating really well. Yeah. And then I would be preachy about it and talk to people about it in a, like a judgy way. And like, I really oh, you shouldn't have that cheese. Yeah. And or like that was your thing, like, well, I eat this way, and so because that was the way for you to have like control in your oh, life. Oh, it was all about control. Yeah, and I I was not self aware at the time, and you know when I see people who are in their early twenties and are so self aware, I'm like, kudos to you. Like Exa- I yeah. was not. Anyways, fast forward to the you know ever since 2013, I'd say so. The past five years, I've been really into eating healthy, but it wasn't until the last year and a half that I really started to understand nutrition going to school about it, learning about it. Game I was changer. Yeah. I was using MyFitnessPal, and we can talk about MyFitnessPal. Mm-hmm. I think that is the most devastating app. Please, can we talk about it right now? We can talk about it right now. Yeah. And if anybody who's listening to this is using MyFitnessPal, and it's working for you, and that's how you keep yourself accountable, go for it. But if you are tracking, and you get to dinner, and you're like, holy shit, I have 200 calories left. What can I have for dinner? That's not okay, because right. the quality of calories, Calories is more important than the number. My yes. biggest thing yes. is nourishment over numbers. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my biggest thing. So yes, calories in, calories out works for you if you're in a vacuum. But calories in, calories out does not consider, you know, how your hormones react to yes. things. It doesn't consider the rate of your metabolism. It doesn't consider, you know, your if you have an autoimmune disease. It's just a full-on just vacuum. Yeah. yeah, and… And you will, I think the argument is people are like, I lose weight when I do that. Yes. Yes. It's like, because calories are energy. So if you're taking in a certain amount of calories 
and you're exercising your butt off because a lot of people restrict their calories and then exercise their butt off. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, okay, you're going to probably lose weight, but you also may plateau. Yep. And then the other thing is exactly- You're not nourishing yourself properly. Exactly what you said. So on a physical level, yes, you may be fitting into your jeans better or whatever, but you're also stressing out your body. Yep. And you are restricting and your hormones are going to become affected because of that. And it's like, but then, but when you're in that mindset, sometimes I think that doesn't matter because it's like, it's all about how I look until your body starts to give you the signs that it needs the attention. And then what happens after the diet? Yeah, exactly. What, what happens you're after talking the diet? About me, right. 100%. Because yeah. like, so I've always been like up, down, up, down, yeah. up, down. And probably, I want to say like 2014, 2015, I had when we were like exercising together all the time, I was on my fitness pal, like it was my job. I did lose like a lot of, a, like quite a bit of weight. And to the point where it's so annoying because I still thought I was fat. And now I'm like, oh, I'd love <laughs> to be that size now. But were you happy? Were you energized? I was always like, that was me every night at dinner. Oh, I only have like 200 yep. calories. Yeah. What I do? And then um, I, that's why I started working with an intuitive intuitive eating coach like years later because I I gained all that back. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I lost weight, but unless you're constantly in that hamster wheel, and it's yeah. gonna come back because it's not sustainable. Diet culture yep. kills me when I see stuff on Instagram. Like if anybody posts something- I unfollow them. Oh, I will unfollow you faster than, yep. yeah. Like the first thing I'll do is unfollow you because it's triggering for me mm-hmm. and it's triggering for other people. This is what I tell my clients. Look at your plate. What is on there? Do you have the right macronutrients on there to keep you full? Are you putting things in your body that you need? Take a blood test. Let's see where, you know, people take supplements left, right, and center, and they pee them out. I'm a fault at that too. Mm -hmm. You know, It's hard because you see, um, especially when you're in this world, a lot of people promoting supplements and things like that. You're like, oh, I need this, or I need that, or I need to balance this, so I must take this, or I'm anxious, so I need to take that. And really, truthfully, supplements are helpful, but they're helpful when your body needs them. Exactly. Yeah. And there are certain things that are hard to test for. Like there, I mean, like reishi and ashwagandha. Have you heard of those supplements before? Jacob, if you're listening. Jacob, <laughs> calling on Jacob. They're, um, they're, tell us about ashwagandha. Okay. And did we pronounce it correctly? So it's interesting because my husband is in the medical field. Both of his parents are doctors. They are extremely scientifically driven and extremely medical. And a lot of nutrition science is anecdotal. So a lot of it isn't proven. Mm -hmm. You know, like 15 years ago, fat-free was the thing. Now there's a lot of scientific evidence saying, actually, you need those healthy fats. You need the omega-3s in order to, you know, you need to absorb certain uh, vitamins and to feed your brain and to digest. You need those things. Mm -hmm. So science is kind of behind on the trend. So it's very interesting. So I'm all about those trends and learning about those trends. But Jacob is the first person to stop me and say, where's the science, Siri? Let's Mm -hmm. go on my medical school, PubMed or whatever, and let's look it up and read it together. So he's grounded me when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And I've gotten myself in a pickle before. And (laughs) do you not like that expression? No, I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) I'm in a pickle. I I also said grinds my gears the other day. Wait, who said that? Was that was that on a story? Somebody Maybe else said somebody it. else said grinds my gears, and I remember them being like, "Why did I just say that?" And I can't remember who it was. I, mean, I don't think it was you though. Um, Anyways, but- so this supplement company reached out to me, and I thought it was just a, a melatonin pill. You know, there's lots of good research. People take melatonin mm-hmm. before bed; it'll help them sleep. So I was like, "Sure, I'll take a look at it. I'll try it, and then maybe I'll post about it, depending on if I've tried it and like it." I get home and Jacob looks at this bottle. He was like, Siri, this is not a melatonin pill. This is literally like has psychoactive ingredients and has not been approved by the FDA. And this is telling you you're going to have, you know, super fast brain function, all this stuff. And I guess I was just, this was like a couple months ago, but I guess I was just excited and didn't look into it enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens a lot on Instagram. Like people Mm -hmm. are selling things on their page that they don't even know anything about. So you have to be careful with stuff like that. Yeah. So thank God I have Jacob to help me like back all this science stuff I need up. to call up Jacob whenever I have questions. My So the thing on like the 
ashwagandha and the reishi. And there is a quite a bit of research on mushrooms and things like that that I've looked up. Wait, and, like psychedelic mushrooms or no, like no, 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 no. just mushrooms? Yeah, that I'm like four really sigmatic. Okay. Have but you look tra- at the label and does it say this has not been approved by the FDA? I don't know. It might. I need to check. No, that's not to say that. And I'm all for um, Eastern medicine stuff. I, I think the power of meditation and the power of some of these herbs and essential oils is real. Yes. It helps people. But there has to be an understanding that that's not the only way mm-hmm. and a mixture of Eastern and Western medicine. Like there's a reason why Western medicine, that's changed our entire society. Right. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be here. We would not be living as a society the way we are without Western medicine. Yeah. But that's not to say that there isn't enough incorporating of lifestyle and nutrition, for example, in Western medicine. And you know that so well because the thing that you and Jacob do is like you pair both of your yeah. your fields. And so I just Wait, want you do to you t- really? Do you guys work together? Well, no, but um, coming soon. So yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. Doctors go to school as medical scientists. They become MDs. Mm-hmm. They learn how medicine helps heal the body. And they learn more about the body than any of like anyone else. Like, I don't know nearly as much about the body as Jacob. Every, like, muscle, ligament, Mm -hmm. everything. They learn how medicine heals that, okay? Eastern medicine is more holistic. How can the environment, how can things around us Mm -hmm. heal our body? That's very general. So they're different. But there needs to be a combination of both here. Some people absolutely need medication. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no question. And it has saved people's lives beyond belief. But in the wellness world, there's now this trend to be like anti-doctors. No, I do not support that. I hear it. I see it all the time. And I know people who've had a lot of troubles figuring out what's wrong with them and Western medicine couldn't help them. That's okay. If they couldn't help you, they're not trained necessarily in some of those things. Having lifestyle and diet changes, but also consulting a doctor and making sure that you're actually taking things that are going to help you and not harm you Mm -hmm. is so important. Well, I think with your story, like with having anxiety and having, you know, like antidepressants or birth control prescribed to you as like the solution— Really, that's all they knew to tell you. Right. And I've actually had this conversation with Sari before in that I think what happens is people like me will have a situation and they have a poor situation where they are like, I could have done that or I could have done what I did and I got better. But that's, there's two different like trains of thought here. There, like, there are people, like you said, that need medicine. And there may be a time in my life where I need to have medical intervention. Yeah. And- I think that the wellness world is sometimes doing themselves a disservice mm-hmm. by not understanding how the two really truthfully need to be married. Absolutely. And, I, and the one thing I love, like in Jacob, for example, is he, you guys are in such communication and so understanding of both of those things. And he even has admitted sometimes like, yeah, we didn't get enough nutritional training, but how are you supposed to get nutritional training when you're literally learning how to do surgery. And yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's not a, as much of a priority, I'm sure. Like, yeah. In but, terms of but look, Jacob spent a month in bariatric surgery. So that's people who are so overweight that they're going to get surgery for it. Yeah. And he said a big part of bariatric surgery is making sure they're on a specific diet and lifestyle regimen for a certain amount of time before they get the surgery. Why? Because when they get the surgery, they need to live afterwards according to that diet and lifestyle. Otherwise, they're going to gain the weight back and it's going to really harm them. Mm-hmm. Like so much crazy stuff can happen. But when it comes to chronic illness and chronic disease, diabetes, hypertension, hypoglycemia, insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, all of these things can be healed through food or mm-hmm. prevented in some way through food. Those preventative chronic disease. Exactly. And I think where we come in as, as health coaches oh, yeah. is in that preventative stage. Yeah. So I, I really feel passionate about the fact that like working with a health coach can help you so that you don't get to these stages down the road. But that's not, like, that's not always the case. Like, things happen and our bodies are so unpredictable. Like, if you have an autoimmune disease or any sort of disease. Or if you're genetically predispositioned. Now, you know, there's a lot of research about how foods or lifestyle things and stress can turn on and off different genes. Epigenetics. Yes, epigenetics. So if you treat your body X way, which is, quote unquote, unhealthy, you might turn on the genes exactly. to trigger, you know, prediabetes and whatnot. But if you don't mm-hmm. and you take care of yourself, 
that you're gene a, might you're be better, dormant. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and yes, some people are going to get unlucky. Some people are going to be the fittest, healthiest people in the yeah. world and get a brain tumor. But, you know, why not live your life the best way you can? Why mm-hmm. not live it as healthy as possible so that you can be vibrant and happy and energetic yep. and the best version of yourself? Like, that's what I've be, been able to do by going on this health journey. And that's what I want to help other people be able to do. Mm -hmm. Like if someone came to me and they were like extremely, extremely overweight, you know, I could tell that this situation is not for my hands. I would tell them that because I am not certified to treat someone with diabetes. Right. Or I could work with their doctor and help them on their diet and lifestyle changes or with their dietitian. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you just have to have that awareness. Well, and that I've thought about that a lot, especially with, um, hormonal disorders or thyroid issues or things like that, if I'm working with a client that is dealing with those struggles or autoimmune disease, like there's 100%, you need to ha- you need to consult with your doctor. Yeah. And you need to talk to them about everything that you're going through because yes, I will help with the nutrition and the lifestyle piece that will make you feel better, but I, there's no way that I'm going to know what you need medically. That's like Zach, I think. Like he, so my husband is type one diabetic. Um, And he didn't get diagnosed until he was 27. Wow. So I don't know. We always joke because like he had been pretty overweight for most of his life. Yeah. And then had lost, like had, we'd both been doing a lot to like be healthier people. And he had lost, gosh, at this point, he's lost almost 70 pounds. Wow. Um. But it was, and by the time he had got diagnosed, it was like almost the same amount. And he was like, really? Like I do all this stuff to be healthier and then I get type 1 diabetes? Like what the heck? So I think in that case, like his doctor, for his endocrinologist, obviously he's not going to stop taking his insulin. Like no, he's insulin no, 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 dependent. No. Well, he type 1 take, diabetes. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Not an option. So he's never tried to be like, oh, I think I'm just going to like see if my nutritional will help this. I mean, he's never no, gone to that extreme. No, no. Yeah, yeah. However, if you look like in the literature that he gets as um, like the diabetic diet that they give in hospitals or what he was eating when he got diagnosed, he was in the hospital. He had like um, diabetic ketoacidosis. So yep. lots of ketones in his blood. Which is very different than ketosis. Very different. Yes. yes. Very mm-hmm. different. He did lose weight in both. I guess if that helps you lose weight, DKA also made him lose weight. Um, But the diabetic diet there was very, you know, like I think he had a turkey sandwich and it just didn't really seem to jive with him what they were recommending he eat. So he's taken a lot of the stuff that I've learned. I mean, obviously I'm not doing anything like you guys are doing right now. But through interviewing people like, yeah. We're eating different foods than we were at the time that he got diagnosed. And I think he, my, all this to say, he's not following that diabetic diet that's recommended for him. And he, and his levels are wonderful. Mm-hmm. So great. I think it's like taking, he would never stop taking his insulin, but he's also open and receptive to not exactly following what the doctor said from a nutritional standpoint. And and I think a lot of it has to do with our bodies are incredibly unique. So there is no one size fit all to everybody's situation. And that's your whole philosophy. Yeah. Like when I see someone being like, buy my meal plan, I'm like, how do I know if that meal plan even works for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Every single person is different. We, you know, here's an example. I do great with dairy. I love full fat dairy. I love cottage cheese. I love Siggy's yogurt. It does not hurt my stomach unless it's like ice cream. Sometimes it hurts my stomach. Mm -hmm. I have it almost every single day and I'm fine. But the person next to me could break out or have terrible indigestion or be running to the bathroom every 25 minutes because they had dairy. Yeah. So that's another reason why… We had a roommate that was lactose intolerant and Oy. she refused to admit it. So yeah. she just, <laughs> We would be like, oh no, we Jill has a frappuccino we with suffered. whipped cream. <laughs> Run oh <my> away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the acne thing is definitely a me thing. But I love, but I don't get indigestion, not indigestion. I don't like really get digestive issues, but I'm like, eh. So it's kind of like a give or take. It's like pimple might pop up or I can just enjoy this Siggy's yogurt. I just have to take it or leave it. I don't know. It just depends on my mood. I have an extremely sensitive stomach, which is kind of why I got into a lot of nutrition stuff in the first place. And the thing that hurts my stomach the most is raw cruciferous vegetables. Like, Oh my gosh. Why have we not, Sari? 
Why have we not talked about this before? If I have that Costco salad, do you know that Costco's kale salad? No. Um, do you know the one from Trader Joe's? The- yes, it's the same thing. Okay, if I, okay, what happens? My, I'm Guys, loaded. I'm, I'm getting extreme pains like after lunch, four or five o'clock. Like I used to be like, oh, I'm having like quote unquote contractions. Like that's what it felt like yeah. because my body could not digest that roughage. And I think a lot of people don't know that. Or yes. Like, huh. I always ask like when I have a client saying I'm extremely bloated after lunch, I'm extremely bloated after my smoothie. I'm like, what are you putting in it? Oh, raw kale, raw this. Like have romaine, have butter lettuce, have spring mix, something that's not going to be as hard to digest. And the other thing is chew your lettuce, chew your food. Robin Euclid's main thing, chew your food. She is the bomb. That's awesome. I love her. I'm the fastest eater known to man. Like my dinners, my family dinners were 20 minutes. We were so fast and I would always get such bad stomach pain. So a big thing for me is slowing down. Yep. And yeah, the raw vegetables kill my stomach. Tempura kills my stomach. Cody's like, mm. um, I love broccoli. I love cauliflower. I love Brussels sprouts and I eat them. And Cody's like, why are you doing that to yourself? Sometimes even cooked hurts my stomach and I don't get that. Because you would think if I cook it, it'd be easier to digest. Having. Maybe I'm just overeating it. Too many yeah. Brussels sprouts. Too many Brussels, too much broccoli. It's just, yeah, it hurts like pains in my stomach. Yeah, a lot of really healthy food, like the roughage, although it has such awesome, you know, ingredients, yeah. things, you know, vitamins and stuff that we need, they could be really hard on our stomach. So cooking, like my favorite thing to cook is like a lot of vegetables with amazing sauce. Like that's my favorite thing. Sauce is my jam. Sauce makes I don't eat anything cooking. without a sauce. Have you made a bunch of pesto sauces yet? I my favorite thing is peanut sauce and curries. Like yes. I love that warm, like mm-hmm. especially in the winter. I love it. Maybe you guys can answer this because I don't have the cruciferous vegetable thing. Okay. <laughs> but I do have a lentil thing. Ugh. Lentils too, chickpeas, other legumes. Yeah, legumes can be, can be really hard for people. Lentils in particular are pretty Just bad. Just stay away from those lentils. But, but the beans that I use to make those blondies, I don't care. No regrets on that. <laughs> so you're just dealing with the pain? Dealing with the lentil pain? A little this bit. Is, this is something I'm, I'm huge on. Listening to your body. Like, tune in. How do you feel after that meal? Are you tired? Are you foggy? What did you eat during that meal that's going to make you that way? Is that going to get you through your day the way you need to? Is that going to be make you happy? Is that going to make you want to go home and have meaningful conversation and quality time with your loved ones? Or are you going to be kind of miserable? Like people don't relate a lot of things back to food. And now that's how, something I have really taken upon myself and encouraged my clients to take upon preach. because it's life-changing. How long after, because you said like 4 or 5 p.m. And see, I'm, as someone that doesn't do the best job listening to our body. That's okay. Um, you're learning and you're doing a way better job. I am trying to do to do good work there. Um, I would not equate, I wouldn't even be thinking about my lunch at 4 p.m. I'd be like, that was four hours ago. Like, I'm also extremely invested and I learn a lot about digestion and I'm in this world. So I think about it. Mm -hmm. But now my clients do too. Yeah. And I'll get texts like five o'clock. Oh, I I have a terrible stomachache today. The next day. Oh, I changed. I did romaine lettuce today. And you know what? Maybe romaine lettuce hurts someone's stomach and they're totally fine with kale. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Yep. You just have to tune in and listen. Like that's when healthy eating becomes a, like a gift to yourself almost. Like we learn a lot in the nutrition school about crowding out. Like don't think of your diet as I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have that. Think of it. I get to have this healthy thing. I get to enjoy this nourishing meal. And then how do I feel? Like you want to bring the good in to the point where the bad naturally seeps out and you start to, it's like a feedback loop. You start to realize that you feel good eating well. So then you want to keep eating well. But when you're constantly eating like crap, that's your life. You don't realize that your energy levels or your mental state or your anxiety or your stress on that you're putting in your body by eating those kind of foods is contributing to your lifestyle. You don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost... And I find sometimes, and this is kind of jumping the gun, changing topics, but health shaming. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I get health shamed sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. And people don't mean to be rude by this. For eating healthy? Yeah. They'll yeah. be like, oh, Sari, do you ever eat a carb? Or do you ever eat pizza? I'm like, yes, all the time. I just eat it in my way. And maybe yeah. that's like a cauliflower. Well, probably not a cauliflower. 
crust pizza, cruciferous vegetables. No, but that's cooked. I can okay. totally do that. Okay. Simple Mills almond flour pizza crust Ooh, is the best that. thing in the entire world. I need to try that. But I know what you mean because a lot of times I, I will feel guilty. Like if I go out to eat and I'll order something and people mention like, oh. Are you getting- on a diet? Are you trying to lose weight? No, like, it just no. this is what makes me feel good. So I'm going to eat this way. This well, is my lifestyle. Yeah. It's because whatever you're doing, that's a them problem. And whatever you're doing is stirring up something in them probably about the way they feel about how they're eating. Mm-hmm. So. And here's the deal. I. It, uh, to each his own. Like yeah. everybody, and I, I don't know if you get this, but I feel like people will say, you, now you're probably going to judge me for eating this. No, yes. I'm not I already said, I said it you today. Said, you did. You said it to both of us. You guys, you both are going to judge me for eating this. No, I'm not. I'm not going to judge you for that at all. Like if I want to go and have, a, like I, I remember I had a, two big slices of pizza after one of my show choir competitions. It didn't feel so great the next day, but I was like, I'm going to eat it. And it comes down to like, how do you want to feel? But if you feel great and you're enjoying that food at the time, like eat it. But when it comes to a point where you're realizing that the lifestyle you want to live and your energy levels aren't equating to what you want, then maybe it's like, take a look at your food. But food is just food. And Liz, you've even helped me with this. It's like not good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's just food. I call it, and I work with this on my clients, I call it mindful indulgence. Oh yeah, I love that. So have that two bites of your favorite cake. So if you think of this as a chart, like get to the point where at the peak, that was so good. That was so satisfying. I love that cake. You know, I know it wasn't the healthiest thing, but that is okay. Yeah. Don't overdo it and eat four pieces where you start to go down on that bell curve. Like get to your peak, enjoy it mindfully, and then let it go. And you know that the next time you do it, you know you're not going to get out of control and you don't associate it with this negative like guilt Get to that point of peak, like get to like the climax of your indulgence, yeah. for Ooh. lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. And then let it go and enjoy it. And, and then, the reason people can't do that is because they restrict it so yeah, much. Yeah, because they're like, yes. I have to eat it all now yeah, because yeah, yeah. Starting I'm not going to get it again. I'm going to get on my fitness and pal. And goes back to it. Then, goes oh, back we to never, my we, fitness we pal. We didn't finish our rant about my fitness pal. <laughs> well, Nourishment going, over numbers, always. Right. And it just to like wrap it up, it really comes down to that whole restriction mentality. And that how, how does that help you? Because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're not, you're going to hit the climax and then you're going to keep going. Guys, until I don't you think we can say climax okay, anymore. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, you're like, gonna reach we the can top. say it, but I just can't take it seriously because okay. I'm a 12 year old boy. And you know what I, and you know what I always say is it's like, okay, we can nourish our body from a physical standpoint and eat nutrient dense foods that our body needs to run well and da, 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 da. But we also can nourish our body from an emotional and like a soul level. And that's where eating the pizza or eating the piece of cake comes in. Yeah. Or you can choose to make a really delicious and healthy version if that's what you want to do too. Or you don't have to. Especially because we have so many, I feel like food is so tied up in emotions and experiences and memories. Like I eat, like I was just telling you about the poutine at that restaurant. Like that is something that my husband and I enjoy and it's decadent and we love it. And it's, I mean, that's, we've had experiences eating that food. But I think you can still make nourish your body and make those decisions to eat more mindfully and still have those emotional experiences. Exactly. Emotional eating, I don't think is, I I don't mean to say like, I don't think emotional eating is a bad thing. I think as long as you're aware of your emotions around food and you're channeling them in a positive way. Being emotional about your food is great. Mm -hmm. But when it gets to the negativity, Mm -hmm. like this makes me happy, this makes me feel good, or I'm really stressed and upset, I'm going to eat a tub of ice cream. To make me feel mm-hmm. good. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking for food as the answer for your anxiety or your stress, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the flip side too, I think sometimes in this world, we can overanalyze. And, yep. and then it's and then you're stressed and anxious on the opposite sense because you're like, like you said, checking off your checklist. Like, did I eat this healthy today? And did I put only good things in my body? And I, I truthfully believe in my heart, it's a happy balance. And it's a balance and a practice you have to do every day. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't be one extreme or the other extreme. And some days you will be, but then the next day you just try and bring it back in balance again. And it, and to me, it's about quality of life. So if you yes. love having pizza twice a week and you don't feel sick and you're, you know, Cody you're, Boyce, Cody, David Boyce. <laughs> and you're totally, then do it. You know what I mean? Like your quality of life, you, you want to be happy. So if you really think you need to change your eating habits, but want to keep a couple of those indulgent things, or don't even call them indulgence. Let's call them enjoyments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't, 
need to change and uproot our entire life just because we want to eat healthy. We can still have a quality of life. It's about mending that balance. It's hard, but it's about figuring out how that works for you so that you're, you know, setting yourself up for long-term health and like mentally you're fit because mental fitness is really important too. And I think it's very directed towards food. A lot of times I think that you're the mental clarity you have around food and your lifestyle is almost more important than the nutrition you're putting in you. Um, and I battle with that a little bit. Because, so do I. Yeah, because I think— It's like chicken or the egg. Does the yeah, mental exactly. clarity make and you eat better? Or exactly. Or does eating better make you more mentally clear? And, and of course, and of course, you have to feed your body what it needs and you yes. need to feed it nutritious food. But at the same time, like the mental fatigue I put myself through about whether or not I'm going to eat a damn piece of pizza with cheese on it is— way less helpful than me just eating it and mm-hmm. and enjoying it and breathing into it and realizing that it's it's feeding me from a different level. And I think it's just, again, it all has to be in balance. And that's what we strive for every day. We're not always going to be in balance 100% of the time. But yeah. Yeah. And I think we started this conversation with health shaming. Did we just go in a huge circle? But I want to bring up health shaming sure. again. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, even as someone who's like a healthy blogger, Instagrammer, I try to show that I'm not always quote unquote perfect all the time when it comes to food because I'm a real person and I like to indulge as well. But then it's almost like the expectations that people have of you. So when I'm out with friends or they say, oh, like, are you never, you wouldn't eat that. Oh, let's order pizza, but Sarah, you don't want. Like, maybe I do want it. And if I don't want it, that's also okay. But if I do want it, it's just, it's like putting yourself in boxes. Like, you know, social media can put you in a box. And that can be troubling and, and stressful. So it's about showing your personality on social media to get you out of that box mm-hmm. so that health you don't let health shaming get to you, which mm-hmm. is what I try to do because I do experience a lot of health shaming. I think what it all comes down to is we all need to realize that every single person is different. Yeah. Everybody has different needs. Everybody has different thoughts. And like, let's just stop judging everybody. Yeah. yeah. You do. I always say you, you do, do you. That is the wine and shine motto. You do you. Do you. You, do you do you in terms of what you eat. But also you do you and like let them do them. Yes. And if they're eating something really, really super healthy and you're over there eating a slice of pizza, you just both enjoy what you're doing separately. Yeah. We don't have to like make one better than the other. And it even goes aside from food. It's like you yeah, do you life. with your crystals and you do you with going to church and you do you with antidepressants or you do you with your mindfulness mm-hmm. or both. Like we can or just yeah. run 18 miles or go on a walk. It's everybody just do what works for them and stop caring what everybody else thinks. Where can people, if they want to eat well Detroit, formerly <laughs> Toronto? Yeah. Um, Actually, I started Eat Well Detroit when I moved there. There was never yeah. an Eat Well Toronto for me. Ooh. I started my Instagram less than a year ago. Yeah. So, so oh, and I, you know, Detroit's very up and coming and… I've actually connected with some amazing people through the wellness scene there. It's really phenomenal. Like Wait, a lot of my friends. Katie Dalebout. I haven't, but I, she, I tried to connect well, with she's her. she's not there anymore, yeah, right? she's in New We York. did overlap for like a little. And we, you know, I think I messaged her a couple times. We had connected, but no, I haven't met her one day. Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me as Eat Well Detroit, which I do feature a lot of local stuff because I'm trying to put the wellness scene of Detroit on the map because it's happening there. I've met some amazing people, like some very good friends I've met through that. And it's awesome. Yeah. And on my blog is Eat Well with Sari. Again, not Siri. Eat Well with S-A-R-I. Eat Well with Sari.com. Short for Sarah with an H. Yes. Short, <laughs> short with Sarah. Sarah. Bringing it around. Short with Sarah with an H. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I mean, you knew it was bound to happen. You were visiting here. So there oh, was yeah. no way we weren't going to get you on the podcast. Well, I loved being here. And fun fact, this was the first podcast I've ever been on. You did so well. I hope that you enjoyed it. I did. I did. Well, next, we'll just have to come visit you in Michigan. And you'll have to tour us, the wine and shine all around Detroit. And we'll have to enjoy all the top amazing places to eat and drink and hang out. All right. I love it. Cool. All right. Well, a big thank you to Sari for coming on. I know for me, being um, someone that's heard a lot about Eat Well Detroit. I mean, <laughs> over the, she's one of my favorite people. Year, 
Um, it was a pleasure to meet her and get her perspective. I think, as you mentioned in the intro, that blend of bringing a lot of the medicinal and nutritional elements into the more holistic areas. I think she just has a lot of neat perspectives mm-hmm. on that, as well as, of course, Instagram in general. We always yeah. like talking about Instagram. Instagram is fun. So yeah, go ahead and follow her, of course, on her Instagram at EatWellDetroit, or you can find her on her website, EatWellWithSari.com. That's all we have for you guys. So we will catch you next week with a new amazing guest, and we can't wait to talk to you then. Bye.